Today on Lessons for Living, the teaching ministry of Mark Ballmer, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne in Melbourne, Florida. A Christian needs to be open to the loving correction of God. Why do I say that? Because Ahab is going to go down a path that's going to destroy him because he is not open to what God wants to say to him. Part of the teaching of the Word of God includes correction in my life and in your life. And if you don't want correction, you're going to live a pretty miserable life. There are times we all need to be corrected. You see, God places shepherds to lead sheep. If you only want to serve your own needs and ego, then surround yourself with people that will always tell you what you want to hear. If you are seeking the Lord's leading, then you'll listen and obey even when it's the last thing you want to do. Sometimes standing up for the Lord will cost you, especially if you're going against the popular sentiment and speaking out for truth. As we'll see today, one lone prophet dares to speak the truth of the Lord even when he's advised to go along with what the king wants to hear. He knows it will be better for him if he plays along, but he never once hesitates to speak truth. His witness for the Lord is powerful because of it. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the book of 2 Chronicles, chapter 18, verse 2, with our continuing study entitled, Unequally Young. So some years later, he went to visit Ahab and Samaria. And Ahab slaughtered many sheep and cattle for him and the people with him and urged him to attack Ramoth, Gilead. So here comes the military problems again. There's problems with Syria. So Jehoshaphat goes down and now he has a relative. You know how that is. His son has married his daughter. And he asked him to enter into this alliance, this military alliance. They give this big feast and they go through all of this and it looks like a, one compromise after another. Now they're worshiping together. So when you begin to compromise, the next thing happens, there'll be another compromise. One compromise just leads to another. That's why we have to be careful with them. Verse 3, And Ahab, king of Israel, asked Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, Will you go with me against Ramoth Gilead? In other words, will you join me with your armed forces in battle? We want to go to battle together. Will you do it? And Jehoshaphat replied, I am as you are, my people as your people. We will join you in the war. But then look at verse 4. Jehoshaphat said to the king of Israel, First, seek the counsel of the Lord. So notice Jehoshaphat has to say, Well, I will join you in this battle. Absolutely I'll join you in this battle. But first, let's see what God has to say about it. Notice who has to bring God into the equation. Ahab is totally going by his mind. Looks good. You got a lot of military people. Let's go for it. You see, the Bible says, seek you first the kingdom of God and all the other things in your life will be added to you. Let me ask you tonight, in the decisions that you've made this week, are you like King Ahab or are you like King Jehoshaphat? Did you just go for it without even thinking? No, and I'm talking about, you know, when you ordered a Coke or a latte out here. I'm talking about things that God's directing you. Did you think about it? And just go for it yourself? 
or in prayer. When I wrote that down myself, I had to stop and say, whoops, a couple things already, just went for it. Had to back up. So Jehoshaphat says, hey, we need to consider God in this. Is this God's time for me to do this? So we ask him to do this. Verse 5. So the king of Israel, in those days, remember, you didn't have the Holy Spirit in you as an individual, and so you had prophets. So the king of Israel brought together the prophets, 400 prophets. Can you imagine trying to get 400 men to say the same thing? And asked them, Shall we go to war against Ramoth Gilead, or shall I refrain? Their answer, go, for God will give it into the king's hands. So Ahab, being the evil king, brings in 400 so-called godly prophets. They answer, go for it. You will be successful. Now these prophets, from what we know, haven't consulted God at all. All they're doing is simply trying to please their evil king. Compromise leadership infects many different people, eventually even a whole nation. So we have a compromised king, and because these guys are afraid of the king, they will no longer speak for the Lord, but only what the evil king wants to hear. And you'll see later that this affects a whole nation. You're reminded of this very simply, and we're going to see more of this in the end days. Look at verse 6. But Jehoshaphat asked, I love this statement, I'd love to hear how he said it. Is there not a prophet of the Lord here whom we can inquire of? So what's he here? He sees these 400 guys go. He hears them all in unison say, go for it, get off King Ahab, go for it. Jehoshaphat knows something isn't right. That's a spirit of discernment. Do we need a spirit of discernment in our world? The book of Timothy says in the latter days, there'll be more and more deceiving spirits. So we have to understand that we need to have that wisdom from the Lord. Flip back to Acts chapter 5. You know the story. It's good news and bad news. It's the early church. Patterns are being set. Ananias had a wife named Sapphira. They had some land. They put it up in Century 21, got the computer listing, sold the land, made big bucks. In that process, they made a determination to people and probably may even made a vow to God that they were going to take X amount of dollars, whatever that was, and give it to the Lord. Look in Acts chapter 5, verse 1. Now a man named Ananias, together with his wife Sapphira, also sold a piece of property. And with his wife's full knowledge, he kept back part of the money for himself. That's deception. He appears as he's going to give it all to God. But that power of money caused him, with his wife, to agree to keep back part of it. Now they were free to give some of it, all of it, none of it. There was no demand by God. They had already just made an agreement that they were going to give it all. But now when the money's in the hand, it's a little different. But he brought the rest and put it at the apostles' feet. So we see a number of things here. We see greed. We see pride. Because he wanted to say, as he brought it here to the 
to the apostles' feet. And by the way, that's why we don't do public kind of offerings, and that's why we don't do public kind of things. Somebody have a hundred dollars here tonight? They, ooh, look at a hundred dollars, a thousand dollars, ooh, thousand dollars. Because who gets the glory? Man, we don't do it that way. We just have the thing, you pop it in, whatever you pop in, doesn't matter. And notice we don't have things that clang and whatever, put lots of coins in and what. Just got to put the quiet stuff in. That's because of what reason? Now you can put shredded paper in if you want. That's whatever. But God is watching. I'm not. But God's much more important than I am. So we notice here that it looks like they've done everything right. From the outside, nobody naturally would know that there's a thing wrong. Look at verse 3. Then Peter said, Ananias, how is it that Satan has so filled, and you might want to circle these next two words, your heart, that you have lied to the Holy Spirit? Notice, you haven't lied to me. You've lied to God. And kept for yourself some of the money you received from the land. Didn't it belong to you before it was sold? After it was sold, wasn't the money at your disposal? In other words, you could have done whatever you wanted to, but you made a vow yourself to give it all. Then you reneged, but then you acted like you gave it all. What made you think of doing such a thing? You have not lied to men. Definitely want to circle this next part, but to God. When Ananias heard this, he fell down and died. I want you to notice there, this is not an act of Peter. We don't go around saying, God, get him. This is an act of God. He died. And great fear seized all who heard what had happened. The rest of the story, you know, very simply, his wife came in exactly the same thing. She had a chance. Peter's trying to give her a chance to say, hey, tell me, is, is this really true? And she did the same thing. So what, what do we have here? We have that spirit of discernment that God gave Peter, just like Jehoshaphat says, these foreigner guys, something isn't right here. Something just doesn't seem right here. Do we have a man of God in the audience? Is there a prophet somewhere that can give us the real story here? So that spirit of discernment is very important today in the church. And we need that. We need those words of knowledge. Now, why did God use that? Such drastic things at that early stage because the church was brand new. And notice the reaction of the people. Great fear. Do you think the next guy that sold his land even thought about it? <laughs> Not a chance. I mean, he just said, make the check out immediately to the church. I'm not even taking it. Because God wanted to say, this church is going to be holy, it's going to be pure. And what also God was saying is this. You'll see me say it a number of times tonight. You cannot fool me. See, we don't have a really good concept of who God is. We think we can put it over on him because we put it over a man. You can't fool God. And it's a dangerous thing. So, back to our passage in Second Chronicles. Joseph had knew the difference. He knew something was wrong. For us, even in Calvary chapels, we're, we're kind of cautious. That's my nature anyway. I've been around Pentecost all my life. I love my background. But there's been some weird stuff. And my, my dad, if he was alive today, would just couldn't believe some of this crazy stuff that's going on. So we have to be very careful. So we're a little more cautious. I'm a little more cautious. And we get on a path 
maybe a little more reserved, but it's not hurting us, is it? God's doing good. God's doing a good thing. Verse 7. The king of Israel answered Jehoshaphat, While there is still one man through whom we might inquire of the Lord, but I hate him, I love this, but I hate him because he never prophesies anything good about me, but always bad. He is Micah, son of Imlach. The king should not say that to Jehoshaphat reply. Like, what are you, crazy? You're talking about the prophet of God. So what does Ahab want? Ahab wants only yes people around him. That's a dangerous thing in a church. I'm glad in the eldership of this fellowship, I don't have yes men. I have men that listen to God. Now, that doesn't mean you say, well, man, I'm not a yes man. That doesn't mean you should be an argumentative man all the time, always going against the stream. No, it's just you want to hear from God and then say it right. I've been on some of those boards too. The gift was always stirring it up. That wasn't the right gift from God. But we don't want yes people. We want to have men that hear from God because it brings safety. Notice this principle. God will always have a man. He had one man left. And he asked for the man. King Ahab knew who he was. Micah. A Christian needs to be open to the loving correction of God. Why do I say that? Because Ahab is going to get on a path that's going to destroy him. Because he is not open to what God wants to say to him. Part of the teaching of the Word of God includes correction in my life and in your life. And if you don't want correction, you're going to live a pretty miserable life. There are times we all need to be corrected. You see, God places shepherds to lead sheep. Sheep are known for wandering off the path. And so a shepherd has the opportunity to use his rod and his staff lovingly to bring them back Onto the path of life. Verse 8. So the king of Israel called one of his officials and he said, Bring Micah, son of Imlech, at once, dressed in the royal robes. The king of Israel and Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, were sitting on their thrones at the threshing floor by the entrance to the gate of Samaria. So in other words, while they go off to bring this prophet, they're there. And all the prophets are prophesying before them. Can you imagine this? 400 ungodly prophets prophesying. What a waste. You might as well turn TV on. It's just nothing happening. Now Zedekiah who's the head kind of prophet, son of Kenaniah, had made iron horns, and he declared, This is what the Lord says. With these you will gore the Armenians, the Syrians, until they are destroyed. So here the head prophet, he says, he gives kind of an illustrated sermon, and notice what he says is, This is what the Lord says. There's a lot of people that say, This is what the Lord says. We need to have discernment. I've been, like I said, I've been around all my life, and you hear people say, this is what the Lord says. Well, often, this is what their flesh just said. Had nothing to do with the Lord. Other times, this is what the Lord said. And we need to listen up, because the gift of prophecy still works today. Now, notice while this is happening, all the other prophets were prophesying the same thing. Attack Ramoth, Gilead, be victorious, for the Lord will give it to the king's hand. What, what a picture. You see what peer pressure causes. Everybody here wanted to be a men pleaser. They wanted to jump on the bandwagon. Notice Luke 6.39. It says this. Can a blind man lead a blind man? Will they not both fall into a pit? So you got 400 ungodly prophets prophesying together. Blind people are going to lead a blind leader into a pit. You're going to see that principle later. Now what does that mean to us? If you follow a spiritually blind teacher you will go down the wrong path. So, 
as you're serving God over time, as you're watching, quote, Christian TV, whatever, as you're listening to me, if something sounds a little strange, check it out. You need to check out what I teach. You definitely need to check out Christian TV. And just get your Bible open and check it out. Because much of what is on there is not Christian. It's just man blabbing. It has nothing to do. I heard a guy the other night I was watching, he was talking about him being a prophet and whatever, and probably was going to go out of business because, you know, some of the things are wrong, and then God called him back. I mean, some bizarre stuff. Just be careful. This is our guide right here. Plenty in it. Get us from here to heaven and after heaven. The word of God will never pass away. Verse 12. Now the messenger had gone to summon Micah, said to him, Look, as one man, the other prophets are predicting success for the king. So he's trying to give him a little QT. You haven't been around here, but the other 400 prophets back home. Now, when you come into the king's presence, let me tell you what the 400 as one man are saying. In other words, you like your neck? Get ready. Here's what you're going to have to say. Look what he says. Let your word agree with theirs and speak favorably. Now, would there be any pressure for any of us? Sure there would be. Look at verse 13. I like where it starts. What's it start with? But. Whenever you see an old but at the beginning of a sentence, that's sometimes good, sometimes bad. In this case, it's very good. But, Micah said, as surely as the Lord lives... I can tell him only what my God says. You might want to write that verse. This is the definition of a godly pastor. This is what a man of God, a teacher, a pastor, an evangelist, that's their key. They are only to say what God says. That means we stay truth. We stay on key. Not man's idea. Now, sometimes when I teach, I'll give you my idea. That's okay, because there's some gray areas where we don't have definitive things. But when God says it's like this, a man of God is going to say it like this. And as a Christian, you and I should be saying the same things. Now, write this down. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 1-5. through 5. Let me read it to you quickly. You don't have to turn there. By the way, right by that verse in, in 2 Chronicles 18-13, you, you might want to write there, just tell it like it is. Just tell it like it is. That's, that's what we should be doing. Just simply tell it like it is. Let me read to you 2 Timothy. In the presence of God, Timothy, Paul speaking to Timothy, who will judge the living and the dead, in the view of his appearing, I give you this charge. Preach the word. Not a word. Not man's word. But the word of God. That's what we want to be teaching. Now, he says the reason you have to do that is because there'll be a time come when men will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to, to uh, suit their own desires, they'll gather men around them, uh, those around them, great teachers, to say what their itching ears want to hear. This is what Ahab wanted. I only want to hear, yes, go to war. Don't give me anything else. So this is what we're going to have in end days. We're going to have people saying, just give me what I want to hear. For instance... Many people come to church today, and all they want is a feel-good church. Don't you ever address sin. Don't address adultery, fornication, cults, how dare you. No, we have to teach what the Word of God says. Now, on the other hand, I love a feel-good relationship with God. One of these weeks, I'm going to talk about joy and laughter in the book of Proverbs. If you're a Christian, and you know you, you, 
you kind of major in lemons. <laughs> We're going to pray that you get changed. Because that's no good. One of the things that attracts people is a Christian that's full of God's joy. It's not about the number of people. It's people just excited about worshiping God. You can sense the spirit here, can't you? That's why people are here. And it's not because we're sour pusses. Because of the joy of the Lord's our strength, praise God. So we don't want the itching ears. We just want to hear what God says. Verse 14. Now when he arrived, the king asked him. I can imagine him saying, okay, Micah, shall we go to war or shall I refrain? Look what he says. Attack and be victorious, for they will be given into your hand. Now I don't know how he said that. But he had to say it kind of like this. Attack, attack, go, go ahead, attack, 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 yeah. <laughs> Something isn't right. He's, you see, there's, hum, there's humor in the Bible. I mean, there's great humor in the Bible. People want to be, he's going, you know, winky, 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 tongue and cheek, cheek, attack, 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 go ahead, man, go for it, baby. I'm 401, go for it. Well, notice verse 15. The king knew something's wrong. The king said to him, how many times must I make you to swear to tell me nothing but the truth in the name of the Lord? So he knows what? Something's wrong. He says, come on, Micah. You've never told me anything I want to hear before. This cannot be the first time. Now, this is really a sad picture. You see, the king wants to know the real will of God. And yet, he doesn't want to know the real will of God. Do you know we can be like that? I want to know the will of God until sometimes I'm given the will of God. And then I want to have my own will because I didn't like what he chose. So we have to be careful in our lives not to become like this. Ahab wants to do his own thing and yet he really wants to serve God. How many people go from church to church to counselor to counselor until they find someone that says, you can do that. It's okay. What a disaster. We don't want to hear what man says. We want to hear what God says. So we have to be careful we don't fall into the same picture. We must know the truth. We must know what God wants us to do. And then we must simply do what he wants to do. Remember, God's will for us is good. God is going to say to him here, don't go to war. But he wants to go to war. He might be saying to you tonight, don't. Buy the house. Don't change jobs. Don't get into that relationship when I really want to, God. All right. Go ahead. And we'll see that in a moment. Dangerous place to be. Verse 16. Then Micah answered. He's going to give him the real truth now. The winking has stopped. I saw all Israel scattered on the hills like sheep without a shepherd. And the Lord said... These people have no master. Let each one go home in peace. God spoke to Micah, and Micah spoke to the people. God told Micah the future. Do you know tonight that God knows your future? He knows my future. There is nothing hidden to God. In today's message from chapter 18 of 2 Chronicles, King Jehoshaphat and King Ahab brought in all the prophets to give them a word about going into battle. Ahab's prophets predicted victory just to please him. 
Micah, the only prophet of the Lord, agreed he should go into battle, but because God wanted to lead him to destruction. When we ask and ask God for our own will to be done, sometimes he gives it, even if it hurts us. Lessons for Living is the teaching ministry of Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. The messages that you hear each day here on Lessons for Living were produced from messages that Pastor Mark shared at the main campus in Melbourne. It's our prayer that this teaching from God's Word blessed and encouraged you in your walk with Jesus Christ. Maybe you're listening right now in Brevard County and you don't have a home church. We want to take this time to invite you to join us for worship. We meet at the Melbourne and Vieira campuses on Saturday night at 6 p.m and Sunday morning at 8.30 and 10.45 a.m. And those in the Sebastian area can join us Sunday mornings at 10.45 a.m. For more information, call us toll-free at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. Or log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the link to the church website. Now, the next time you join us here on Lessons for Living, we'll see that Ahab will get what he wants which is to go to battle in Ramoth-Gilead. In every instance, man's plans fail, even if we don't see immediate ruin from them. King Ahab's confidence in his armor and armies will lead to his destruction, just like the prophet Micah predicted. As Pastor Mark will show us through the word, you can't run from the Lord. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living, and together, let's do life right.